Uh, please keep your Bibles open to Acts chapter 2 as we continue looking at uh, the book of Acts. And uh, yeah, uh, please remember there'll be a time question after the talk. Well, before we get into tonight's passage, will you please join me as I pray? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word as it teaches us how you do things in our world. Heavenly Father, please help me to speak your word clearly tonight. And we pray that through your word, we pray that you may refresh us in our understanding of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that your spirit may spur and empower us to live out our lives for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And when it comes to anything in life, when you don't have the right tools, you can't get the job done. Uh, three years ago, uh, my family and I went to Kangaroo Island. Uh, in, it's, in, it's in South Australia. And as we're driving through the National Park, uh, it's really windy, and then suddenly, a gigantic gum tree topples just in front of us and totally blocks the road. Now I'm thinking as I'm driving towards this big gum tree, I'm thinking, well, as we get closer, we'll just stop and I'll just drag the tree away from the road and we'll go keep going on. But as we got closer, I just realized exactly how big the gum tree was. And actually, and Eddie took a photo of it. Let me show you. So you can see this thing's humongous. And you can see that I'm actually uh, on the right there, just realizing that this thing is just too busy, too heavy to drag. And literally 30 seconds after Eddie took this photo, a a youth pulls up behind us. And the driver pops out and he tells us that this is the only road to get to town. So I'm standing there thinking, what in the world are we going to do? There's no gap around the tree. It's getting dark. And it's a public holiday. We could be stuck here for a really long time. But the driver who said all this, he doesn't look phased. And he says to me, no worries. It just so happens I've got a chainsaw in the back of the ute. We'll be just fine. And sure enough, he comes back with a chainsaw and he starts slicing up the tree. Now, honestly, who has a spare chainsaw in the back of their ute? What are the chances? I'm fortunate if there's a spare umbrella in the car, let alone a chainsaw. I find out later that this guy's a local, and it's quite normal for residents of Kangaroo Island to have a chainsaw in the car. I just put that down to country living. Anyway, in a matter of minutes, we have the road clear and we're on our way. Despite how daunting a situation looks, when you have the right tools, the task can be done. And when it comes to the task that all Christians have of fulfilling God's mission, of growing His kingdom, at times, that task can seem extremely daunting. Because there'll be sometimes that there are obstacles that block our way. Whether it be the opposition we face or internally, maybe the personal fears that we have about speaking about Jesus. However, what we'll see tonight from God's Word is, well, God has provided the right tool. It's the Holy Spirit. 
And because of this, well, we're able to do our bit in growing God's kingdom, where we can be courageous, where we can be confident, and we, where we don't have to be ashamed about Jesus. Uh, tonight we're going to see three things. First, we're going to see the Pentecost event. And secondly, uh, the sermon that Peter gave. And thirdly, the implications for us. Uh, but before we look at that, uh, a bit of context. As we saw uh, two weeks ago, we looked at Acts chapter 1. And that was just before Jesus ascended to heaven. And he told his disciples that part of God's overall global plan was that he's gonna, they're going to be used to grow his kingdom, that there will be witnesses for him, starting in Judea, and then uh, onto Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. But before they embark on that task, they were to wait in Jerusalem until they received the Holy Spirit. And that's what brings us to verse 1 of chapter 2 of Acts, where the disciples are staying together in the, in the one place, waiting. And we see in verses 2 and 4, 2 to 4 of chapter 2, Jesus' words back in Acts chapter 1 come true. As the Holy Spirit does come upon the disciples. And what we see there is the, the, the passage talks about how there were tongues of fire on top of them. And the disciples start speaking in different languages. Uh, the word language is the word for tongues there. Now it so happens that this all happens on the day of Pentecost. Now Pentecost is one of the, the special festivals in the Jewish calendar. Where it was the custom for Jews for, to make the trip to Jerusalem from wherever they are. And so on this particular day, there were tons of Jews coming from all different countries. And verse 6 tells us that the crowd heard the disciples speaking. And they were gobsmacked with what they heard. Because they could hear someone speaking about the greatness of God in their native language. And it was perfect. And with all the nuances, with all the slang they use, albeit with a slight Galilean accent. You see, what we're seeing here is God is pulling up his people for the first phase of God's action plan that Jesus talked about in Acts chapter 1, where God's mission for his kingdom to grow is to start in Jerusalem. Now in verse 13, the crowd is wondering what's going on. Someone in the crowd says, oh, these guys must be drunk. Someone else says, hey, I don't think so. Because in my experience, people become less coherent, not more coherent when they get drunk. But thankfully, Peter stands up and he begins to explain to everyone what has just happened. And that brings us to our second point, uh, Peter's sermon. Now, before we look at Peter's sermon, a bit of context about Peter. You've got to understand, before Pentecost... Peter was far from being an ideal disciple. Uh, the most notable failure for Peter was back in Luke chapter 22, where Peter disowned Jesus, where he denied knowing Jesus three times before the uh, rooster crowed, because Peter was so scared. He didn't want to be arrested as well. So the picture that we have of Peter at the end of Luke's gospel 
He's someone of a chicken. And someone who definitely doesn't seem to have what it takes to be a spokesperson for Jesus. But what we see here in Acts chapter 2 is a person who's transformed by the Spirit. A person who's empowered by the Spirit. Where the Spirit has given him the words to speak and a confidence to speak them. And so to start off, Peter goes on to speak very confidently as he shows from the Old Testament, the, the Bible for the Jews, how God's plan for how he's going to change the world and establish his kingdom is about to start now. And so the first Old Testament passage that Peter refers to is Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. And speaks of the day where God will pour out his spirit onto all the people. You see, up to this point in world history, God only gave the Spirit to a select few. To maybe a prophet here or a prophet there or maybe a king here. But the prophecy from Joel was that one day all of that was going to change. And God would open the floodgates and pour His Spirit on all types of people, no matter who they are. And this image of this pouring out, it's, it's like the picture of filling up a glass of water with a gurney. You know those high-pressured water sprayers, where water's going everywhere. Peter's saying, Joel's prophecy is God's gurney of the Holy Spirit. It's happening today. And the fact that these uneducated Galileans can speak these foreign languages is the proof of that. Now, the last bit of Joel's prophecy from verses 19 to 21 actually relates to a time called the the last days. And Joel would actually speak of how God's judgment will come in those last days. And Joel uses picture language, how the creation will react as God pours out his anger on sin. Uh, You see in verse 20, the sun is darkened, the moon is turned to blood. However, in the midst of this judgment will come the offer of salvation. Where Peter says in verse 21, if anyone calls on the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. Now how is that possible? That in these last days, God's going to deliver his judgment... But salvation is possible for all those who want it. Well, Peter spells out in verse 22 and 23, that's because of Jesus and his death on the cross. Uh, Please read verse 22 and 23 with me and hear what Peter says to the people. Verse 22, Peter says this. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. So salvation is made possible because Jesus bore the brunt of God's judgment at the cross. And the thing is, those cosmic signs of the, the sun being darkened, 
And that's describing what's happening at the cross. And we're actually reading uh, Luke's first volume, Luke's Gospel. In Luke chapter 23, verse 44 and 45, that the sun stops shining when Jesus died on the cross. You see, the creation was reacting as God's judgment was being poured out on Jesus. And Peter makes the point that all of this is God's deliberate plan from the beginning. But the thing is, Jesus didn't just stay dead because three days later he rose from the dead. And not only did the disciples see Jesus alive with their own eyes, but the Old Testament predicted that as well. And so Peter quotes a second Old Testament passage of Psalm 16, which was written by Israel's greatest king, King David. And we see in verse 27, Peter is quoting Psalm 16, talks about how God won't let his Holy One see decay. And Peter makes the point that that person who didn't see decay was Jesus. But the resurrection of Jesus, it's more than just having life after death. It's actually demonstrating who Jesus really is. As the resurrection is the stepping stone for his ascension. Where Jesus will take his rightful position on his heavenly throne as the overall king of the universe. Now Peter sums all of this up in verse 36. Now please read verse 36 with me. Hear what Peter says. Verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. You see, Jesus isn't just alive right now. No, more than that. He's the Messiah. He's God's special king who's in charge of everything. So how does Peter's audience react to all this? Well, in verse 37 it says, they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter, what can they do? Please check out what Peter says back to them in verse 38. Verse 38, Peter says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now the word repent, it means to change direction. It basically means to do a U-turn. And in this context, it means making that conscious turn towards God and His Son Jesus. And Peter says that those who repent and call on the name of the Lord, well, they'll receive the forgiveness of sins, They'll be saved from God's judgment and they'll receive the same spirit that Peter's received. So that like Peter, they too will be changed and they too will be given a new life in him. And the telling of our passage, Luke records for us that after Peter's sermon, 3,000 people took up God's offer of forgiveness and became Christians that day. Well, that actually brings us to our last point, which is, what are the implications of this passage for us? And let me firstly ask you, 
Have you called on the name of the Lord yet? Have you made that decision to repent, to do the U-turn back to God and to trust in Jesus? Because if you're here tonight and you haven't made that decision yet, well, let me encourage you. That promise of eternal life, it wasn't just for the 3,000 people on that day of Pentecost. It was there for you as well. Uh, If you've still got your Bibles open, please have a look at verse 39 with me. Verse 39, Peter says this. The promise of eternal life is for you and your children and for all who are afar off. For all whom the Lord will call. So if you haven't responded to Jesus, like those 3,000 back in Pentecost, can I encourage you, please consider doing business with God tonight to ask Jesus to be your King and Saviour, to ask Him to save you so that you can be saved from God's judgment, so that you can experience the forgiveness of sin and so that you can have new life through His Spirit. I can say if you want to find out more, please chat to myself or Chris uh, sometime later tonight. Now, if you're here and you have repented and have called on Jesus to save you, well, then, like the disciples here in Acts chapter 2, you're part of God's plan in continuing their work of sharing about the good news of Jesus with the people you know. Now, as, a, as most of you know, uh, we as a church family are in the process of finalizing our vision. And the mission statement that's on page two actually says this, that we want to be a growing, Christ-centered community, dedicating our lives to loving God and others and following the way of Jesus to reach the inner west and beyond for the glory of God. As you can see from our statement, it all starts with us who we are in Christ. And like Peter, through the Spirit, we're transformed. And now we're actually now part of God's plan to help grow God's kingdom in the inner west and beyond. So please know, you're, you're actually part of something really big here. As we join with others to see God's kingdom grow. But here's the thing. As I've alluded to earlier, there are times when we encounter obstacles that stop us from sharing our faith with others, whether it's pressure from the outside or pressure from the inside. I know for myself there are times when it seems like the cat's got my tongue and I shy away from saying something about Jesus. And I reckon deep down, it's, I reckon it's because we sometimes feel either inadequate or we're not too sure how it'll turn out, or we're actually afraid of people more than God. But we've seen from God's Word tonight that we've got the Holy Spirit, who not only gives us the words to say, but the confidence to say them, but also the Holy Spirit's the one who changes people's hearts, no matter how hard they are. You see, even though the task may seem big and overwhelming, it's, it's not a gum tree that seems that we can't move by ourselves. Because we have the Spirit. And just like the chainsaw, the Spirit makes the impossible possible. 
And just like for Peter, the Holy Spirit just empowers us to do our bit in sharing the gospel through our words and through our actions. And so can I say, it's actually important that before we take up any opportunity that presents itself, before even we open our mouths, we don't just rely on ourselves to do it, but that we pray, even if it's a five-second prayer, for God to be at work through His Spirit. Because it's actually through His Spirit that actually makes our efforts effective. You may or may not know, but uh, Kanye West, uh, one of the famous uh, rap artists, uh, released his new album, Jesus is King, two weeks ago. Now, Kanye has been known to be a celebrity who was previously far from Christian in his lifestyle and beliefs, where even one of his earliest songs is entitled, I Am a God. But just around about 12 months ago, Kanye says he's become a Christian. And his conversion story has now hit the media as he's released his new album. Now, regardless of whether, whether you think his conversion is genuine or not, I reckon actually Christianity is now back on people's radar. And so chances are uh, it's going to come up in the conversation in the next week or so if it hasn't come up already. And so, can I ask you, imagine tomorrow... You're making your coffee in the office kitchen or you're at the uni food court and a colleague or a friend comes to you of yours and says, Hey, I hear this Kanye Westing says he's, he says he's a Christian now. But what do you think? If you get asked that question or a question like that, let me encourage you to go out on a limb for Jesus this week. And ask the Spirit to work through you right there and then. Because the Spirit can use what you say next to grow His kingdom. Will you please join me as I pray, as I ask God for His help to to help us with just that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you for the amazing news that it's because of Jesus' death and resurrection that we can be forgiven of our sin, that we can be saved from your judgment. And we thank you for giving us your spirit that changes us and enables us to do your work. Heavenly Father, we confess those times when we let obstacles stop us in doing our part in your mission. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will grow us in our trust in you, in how you do things by your Spirit. And we pray that you empower us now to go out, to proclaim, to share our faith to those that you've given us the opportunity to do so. Please use us to grow your kingdom in the inner west and beyond. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.